Red Dead Redemption 2, released in October of 2018, is one of the best-selling video games of all time. So chances are that you've played the game and are very familiar with it. Did you know, however, that Red Dead Redemption 2 is actually the third game in the Red Dead series? Before we had the Red Dead Redemptions themselves, way back in 2004, Rockstar Games developed and published Red Dead Revolver for both the PlayStation 2 and original Xbox. Set back in the 1880s, Red Dead Revolver follows bounty hunter Red Harlow as he quests for revenge after the murder of his parents. It's a game that shares both so much and so little with the much better known games in the Red Dead series, both in Red Dead Redemption 1 and 2. Today we're going to be taking a look back at Red Dead Revolver, learn about its troubled development cycle, and talk about how it compares to the rest of the Red Dead Redemption series. So go grab your gun, meet me in front of the saloon at high noon, and prepare yourselves for today's rootin' tootin' trip down memory card lane. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I hope these words find you well. Hello and welcome to the 36th episode of our Video Game Nostalgia podcast, A Trip Down Memory Card Lane. Each week we take a look back at one game released during the current week in gaming history, and we talk about it. While doing so, we hope to teach you something new about the game itself, what it took from the world, or what it gave back to the world around it. Today we're going to be taking a look back at Red Dead Revolver, released for the Xbox and PlayStation 2 on May 4th, 2004, 17 years ago to the day of our recording. And of course, this will be released later this week. So that's kind of cool. In case you didn't know, I'm David Casson, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, the Sundance Kid to my own Butch Cassidy persona, my brother, Rob Casson. Rob... How is bank robbing these days? You pulled off any good heist lately? You know, I uh, I need to get back on that. I haven't uh, pulled off right? any good heist. Right? We haven't pulled off any. I'm glad that you picked up on that. We haven't p- played any heist together in forever. It's been a long time since we picked up GTA, huh? Sure is. I think we should. I agree. We We played once with that new map, and then that was kind of it. We all fell to the wayside, so... We did. How are you? How are things? Um, things are good. Yeah, I mean, not gonna really complain. Who's gonna listen anyway? Am I right? Aha, uh-huh, aha. Uh-huh. I mean, some people listen to our podcast. I guess I don't know. No, I can tell you, there's people listening, and you're all very special to us. Very, very special. That you are. But no, I'm yeah, can't complain. How about yourself, Dave? Good. Work's been busy. Today's a big day of giving called give nola day here in the greater new orleans area where nonprofits all raise money and i'm involved with a nonprofit, so we've been busy with that and yeah it's been good it's been good it's cruising along and we exceeded our our fundraising goals for this year's campaign so i'm thrilled and all that good will will help many animals here throughout our parish what are you playing these days? What you been up to? More Apex? 
Uh, yeah, getting a lot of Apex in. I had to get all my playing in before the end of the season. Uh, today is officially the start of the new season. Uh, yet to play. Apparently the servers have been having a lot of issues. Plus, you know, I didn't really have time before podcast because busy, busy, busy. But yeah, other than that, I got my rest of my flight sim. So I've been trying out some Microsoft flight sim again. And then RuneScape, as always. Who isn't flight sim VR enabled too? Uh, that I actually don't know. Probably. I would have to be. Yeah, would have I, think to it, be. I think it is. Rob and I were just talking about uh, I've been itching to play a VR headset to purchase a VR headset. And we were just talking about that prior to hitting the record button. I think I think Flight Sim is on that list, too. So look, that's that's now 26 games. I didn't even think about that one. That's 26 games that I have that are VR enabled that I don't have a VR headset for. But I'm going to change that soon because, you know, me, I love technology. Uh, Okay, I have a question for you real quick. I'm not going to take up too much time on this because we have a game to talk about today. But I have never played Apex. I don't know much about Apex. What is the draw? Why Apex Legend? What's 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 the shtick? I mean, it's another battle royale does throw a difference in there in that it's a battle royale with characters that have their own abilities. So instead of just, you know, like your building aspect of Fortnite or your more realistic style of PUBG or Warzone, this one is it's it's unique in that it adds these special abilities that these certain characters have that may benefit your team in some way whether it's for recon or for an attack or for defense whatever it may be so if you're into those battle royale style games it's kind of a nice twist on that generic just pick up loot and beat the others by skill or having to cry every time you die in tarkov or that yeah it sounds kind of like they took the unique character set of Overwatch, for instance, and put that into a battle royale setting. Yeah, that that would be a pretty accurate way to put it. That does sound kind of fun. I uh, I see clips for it all the time, but I I really haven't had time to adopt a, a new game, and I'm always curious what the draw of them is. Today we're going to be taking a look back at, like I said, Red Dead Revolver, which 17 years ago, 2004. Did you play Red Dead Revolver the first time around in its heyday? No, honestly, this is not one that I'd heard of until you brought it up to me. Interesting. I actually really like this game. I played it way back when. I'm a big Rockstar fan. I think we're both big Rockstar fans. And it's on the PS3 and PS4 digital network. So I had an opportunity to dust it off one more time. And I still enjoy it. It's 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 different. It's different. We're going to get into that. But as usual, as usual, I kind of want to go all the way to the beginning because it's fun to find out how we get to the now. And our little journey today starts way back in the year I was born in 1984. In fact, it starts out a month before I was born because it starts out in January of 1984. And it was way back then that a man named Diego Angel founded Angel Studios, which was founded as basically a work for hire computer animation studio. And needless to say, there wasn't a lot of work for computer animation studios in 
1984, as you can imagine. That's really early on in the technology. Wasn't a very good year for them to begin with. In fact, uh, the studio didn't get a single job for the first six months in operation. And across its entire first year, it only raised $5,000 in revenue. So you can ima- imagine, you know, them say, can you imagine for an entire year, like starting a computer animation studio? And then like, we just came through a, pa- a pandemic. So I guess, I guess the, the notion of not having anything to do for six months isn't that far fetched. But if you're trying to find work and you don't find work for six months, I mean, this man had to have just been seeing his, I don't know, hopes and dreams like dwindling away. You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, probably would be pretty tough to be trying to get going like that and then not be able to get going. Yeah, it wouldn't stay this way, though. I mean, obviously, we're talking about him and, and we know this goes somewhere. So we know that Angel Studios didn't necessarily fail. Their first project was an educational video for the University of California, San Diego. And this work would snowball into other work. They would soon be working on commercials for Nintendo, Polaroid, Asiana Airlines, Cobra Golf. If you watch anything on HBO or ESPN during the late 80s, uh, the animated logos that were popular back then would have been designed by Angel Studios, some of them. So there was a bunch of work they were doing. Perhaps their most successful job, however, was the 1992 movie The Lawnmower Man. Have you ever seen The Lawnmower Man, Rob? Um, no, I, I can't say that. I, I, is this really a thing? It's really a thing. It's like a, a sci-fi horror slash thrill. It's more like a sci-fi horror movie from the early 90s. You've really never heard of The Lawnmower Man before? Mm-mm. Oh, you owe it to yourself. Uh, it's hard to watch now because it's aged. I mean, we're talking early 90s CGI work, and uh, it's it's funny in that respect. It's funny in that respect. I'll just put it that way. Here's a fun fact. Angel Studios worked on two major scenes in the movie, and one of the scenes they produced for the movie is is actually the very first virtual sex scene in history. So fun fact. Ooh, sex. Yep. It's 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 about VR and 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 other weird stuff. It's I know you I don't want to give it away. Watch the lawnmower man. If you're out there listening, watch the lawnmower man. It's not that bad. I like watching I, I like watching bad movies. You know, you get some wine or some whiskey and you sit down and you watch a bad movie. And frankly, I think that's a good time so long as you know what you're getting yourself into. Sometimes it can be worse than you think. Well, that's the thing. So what sucks is when you go in expecting a good movie and you don't get it. But when you go in knowing it's not a good movie and you can have some levity around it, you know, drink and talk about it, have some fun with it. It turns into a relatively good time. During the early 90s, Angel Studios started cooperating with Silicon Graphics, which was an incredibly high end PC manufacturer at the time. And what they were doing is they were. Silicon Graphics was really impressed with Angel Studios and asked Angel Studios to create demos for their computers. And in the deal, they were providing them with the computers themselves. So Angel Studios got to make demos and in turn, they got pretty much high, high end workstations. It was a it was a good gig for them. One of Silicon Graphics clients that was really impressed with Angel Studios work was none other than Nintendo and Nintendo would ask Angel Studios to become part of what was known part of what was known as its dream team. 
which was a group of third-party companies that would develop games for the Nintendo Ultra 64. Do you know what the Nintendo Ultra 64 is? I can't say that I've heard of that either. Well, it was the code name for the Nintendo 64 before it was just the Nintendo 64. (laughs) And so Angel Studios decided to leave film behind and they started working on game development. In all honesty, their timing was really well because here in the early night, not too long after into the 90s, we had the well into 2000, let's say, Pat, you know, late 90s, 2000. You basically had the dot com bubble burst. And there, I mean, there's a good chance that if they hadn't made the switch over, they, they may have just disappeared in the dot com bubble when, when Silicon Valley just imploded on itself, you know? But they didn't. They went to go work on video games. In fact, one of their first video games that they ever worked on was the creation of the cutscenes for the Sega CD version of Echo of the Tides of Time. Do you know the Echo series at all? No. Echo of the Dolphin? You've never seen the Echo of the Dolphin game? Can't uh, say that it sounds familiar. Man. So in Echo of the Dolphin, you're a dolphin. Case in case that wasn't obvious. And nope. and you're 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 swimming in the sea and trying to help other sea animals and 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 rescue and 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 save. And I don't really know other than that what you do but rescue and save. <laughs> Alongside working on the Sega CD version of Echo, uh, as part of their commitment as the Dream Team, they worked on two sport games for the N64, one of which was Ken Griffey's Major League Baseball, and the other was called Slugfest. Then, Angel Studios had the pleasure of working with gaming legend Shigeru Miyamoto, you know, that one, the guy who made, I don't know, Mario and Zelda and, and every major, you know, popular face. The guy whose face is all over Nintendo. They had the pleasure of working with Miyamoto on a Nintendo 64 vehicular combat game called Buggy Boogie. Eh? Eh? Twisted Metal Origins? You know, I, I there's not a lot on Buggy Boogie. It's kind of funny. The story of Buggy Boogie is that you, they were working on a prototype and they spent, I don't know, 30 or 60 days you know, making what's called a Bible, because whenever you make a game, you make what's called a Bible for it. That's all the, you know, everything that the whole team is going to work on. Here's the control schemes. Here's the 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 characters. Here's the guidelines for, for making the levels, it, everything. So they spent 30 to 60 days working on a Bible and Miyamoto would return and he didn't like it. So they had to start from scratch. So they did it again. And for whatever reason, they did this a bunch of times until finally Nintendo decided that they were going to cancel Buggy Boogie and prioritize their efforts on what would become Diddy Kong Racing. But it's really fascinating to think that there was going to be a Nintendo 64 vehicular combat game. You know what I mean? Yeah, that is pretty wild. So along the way, Angel Studios was going to work, uh, not was going to, Angel Studios did work on some other interesting projects. For instance, Resident Evil 2 for the Nintendo 64, they were the company that ported it over from PlayStation. When Disney Quest Interactive Theme Park, we've been there, opened in 1998, the Virtual Jungle Cruise was a game of their making. Their next big title, though, was going to be the start of Microsoft's PC racing series, Midtown Madness. Have you ever played a Midtown Madness game? Uh, Do you want to guess the answer to that, Dave? Pretty common today. Is it? Is it? Is it? Is Midtown Madness pretty common today? No, no, no. My answer of the day. I know. It's going to be no, oh. I didn't do it. <clears throat> okay. 
it was a PC racing series. I remember it because there weren't a lot at the time. And it was one of the earlier open because the first Midtown Madness was in Chicago and it was pretty realistic to Chicago. And, you know, at the time, any game that resembled the real world was still we're still in that early part when they were doing it. It was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. This is Chicago. And so, yeah, so they they would work on the first Midtown Madness and the second Midtown Madness, Midtown Madness 2. And the success of these games basically is how they caught the eye of, of Rockstar Games. So Rockstar reached out to Angel Diego, you know, to ask him if his studio would use their expertise from the Midtown Madness games to work on what would become the first in the Midnight Club street racing series. Hmm. You've played Midnight Club, right? Yep, absolutely. Okay, all right. So now there's a connection and you know kind of where we are. Yep, I'm back. I- I'm finally back in the conversation. Okay, Yay. cool. <laughs> I knew, I figured you played Midnight Club. You loved that street racing scene when it was an early video game thing. Got started on Dub Edition. Really? Yep. Yeah, so that was a collaboration. You know, Rockstar, I believe that Rockstar was a publisher and Angel was a developer. And so they made the Midnight Club a street racing, the first one. And they also would create the Smuggler's Run games. Do you remember Smuggler's Run at all? Yes, I remember playing two very extensively. I remember when the first one, I think the first one was one of the earlier tech demos for the PlayStation 3, if I'm not mistaken. Um, or maybe it was a second one. I don't know. But I remember one of the early Smugglers Run game and how how realistic and, and cool and cool it was. So it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. When did PlayStation 3 come out? When did PlayStation 2 came out? PlayStation 2 would have been uh 2000 2001 so it would have to be it would have to be in there it would have to be the two series so i don't know i'm not doing a thing on smuggler's run nobody hold me to that i'm not perfect damn it anyway angel studios had a lot of success with the midnight club and smuggler's run series in fact in an article published sometime in the middle of these games they were they were one of the like top 5 top 5 studios recognized top five strongest PlayStation studios recognized because of their work here. So they weren't exactly a name that no one knew. People knew who angels, what angel studios was. And they, they had, they had work, you know, they, they did good work. They were known somewhere around 2002. Angel Diego had started to discuss, to discuss selling his company. Uh, He talked to Microsoft. He talked to Activision and he talked to Rockstar. Now, Diego had a really good relationship with the Hauser brothers, Sam and Dan Hauser, who are two of the founders of Rockstar. And it's said that they shared a love over tequila, of all things. Who doesn't love tequila? Do you like tequila? I honestly don't know that. Do you like tequila? Um, I mean, I'm not really huge on drinking, but I have drank tequila before and it was not the worst thing. I don't do tequila. I had, I think a lot of, I'm not going to say a lot of people because you're not big into drinking, but we all kind of have a story for when we overdid it, a drinking story. And but one of the only times I don't remember the whole evening, the last thing I do remember was taking shots of tequila. And after that, I couldn't really drink tequila. I, I still can't really drink tequila. Initially, Rockstar Games, they basically threw a lowball offer at Angel, which was just promptly rejected. But after going around the circuit and coming back around to them, Eventually, they were they would kind of give him an offer that he he couldn't refuse. <laughs> I don't, 
Yeah, I give you an offer you can't refuse. Yeah, yeah. So no, no. In November 2002, Rockstar acquired Angel Studios for what amounted to about 34 million dollars in cash and stock options. Angel Studios and its 125 employees at the time would become part of Rockstar Games and be renamed to Rockstar San Diego. A few years earlier, back in 2000, Capcom had actually approached Angel Studios to work on an original intellectual property called SWAT which was a third-person shooter involving a seven-piece SWAT team. And I bet you're wondering why the hell we're talking about SWAT, a SWAT shooter right now. Hey, do we have a SWAT shooter? I there was, there was an actual... I remember playing on PC. I think it was a Sierra game. I used to love Sierra games. I think there was a Sierra game called SWAT. I know there was a SWAT series, but I never knew that Capcom had wanted to make one as late as the year 2000. The gentleman who you don't know at all, you don't recall no. a SWAT game? Nope, no. Do you even know who Sierra Online is? Can't say that I do. Gosh, dog it, man. I feel old some days. You are. I know. Comparatively. I, yeah, I know. Sierra made... Do you, do you know the Police Quest games or King's Quest games? Or Nope. They made a lot of really great games in the 80s and 90s. Uh, a lot of good... A lot of good, like adventure like click it point and click adventure games anyway the gentleman who brought the SWAT game to Angel Studios and was a Capcom employee Yoshiki Okamoto and we haven't really talked about Okamoto at the time but he is a, a notable video game developer he was pretty instrumental in helping to create a few video game franchises, including the Monster Strike series and most importantly, the Street Fighter series, which we haven't really covered yet, which is why he hasn't come up. So, But among the games that he designed along the way was one called Gunsmoke, uh, which was designed way back in the 80s. And Gunsmoke was an arcade title. It was basically a vertical scrolling run and gun shooter released for arcades in 1985. So... You know, you're at the bottom of the screen. It's like all the ship ones. You know, we've talked about Gradius or we did a Karuga recently, which is a vertical, vertically scrolling game, too. So just imagine, if you will, a cowboy on the bottom, at, you know, shooting guns as the, the screen scrolls up and other cowboys are, are chasing him. And that's basically what Gunsmoke is. It was on Akimoto's insistence that Capcom SWAT title adopt a Western theme because he wanted to make a game that was a spiritual successor of sorts to hit to Gunsmoke. And so the SWAT acronym was basically, I, I don't know if adopted's the right word. I have adopted stuck in my mind, but it was, let's say, repurposed as the Spaghetti Western Action Team. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. I know. I know. That's one of my favorite parts of the story. So... In March of 2002, Capcom would announce SWAT, the Spaghetti Western Action Team. So did. But, <sighs> anyway. But the, but the truth of the matter is that it was problematic right from the get-go. You know, you have big cultural differences between the two companies, Capcom being a Japanese game developer, Angel Studios being a Western game developer, and they, they just couldn't, they couldn't come to agreements on things. And so for well into the development of the game, it was unplayable, frankly. Um, which brings us to later in that year, in November of 2002, 
So in November 2002, as we just talked about, Angel Studios became Rockstar San Diego, and all the executives at Rockstar sat down to review projects that were currently in development by Angel Studios. And one of the things that I stumbled across was the prototype of SWAT. And it's said that Dan Hauser at the time commented that the game looked very good, despite it being in an unplayable state. But it was still a Capcom game. And as development went into 2003, the state of the game didn't improve much. And as a result, the game missed a few gaming events for 2003, including E3. Uh, not too long after this, uh, Okamoto left Capcom to do his own thing. And so in August of 2003, Capcom canceled the Spaghetti Western action team game. <laughs> Darn. But Rockstar had seen it and had liked it. So by the end of the year, they would negotiate for the rights to the game and get them and would go on to let what was now Rockstar San Diego go on to finish uh, what would become the first game in the Red Dead series, which is what we're talking about today, Red Dead Revolver. And so here we are, 2004, we have Red Dead Revolver. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. Red Dead Revolver is a third-person shooter mixed with an action-adventure game. And uh, it's 2004. It plays like a game from 2004. You know, you move around the screen and, and you shoot things. Um, I, I'm going to assume that most of you listening... Uh, honestly, I don't know as many people that have played Red Dead Revolver... But I do know a lot of people that have played played Red Dead Redemption. It's kind of hard not to draw comparisons between them. One such comparison is one of the game main game mechanics, uh, Dead Eye Mode. So Dead Eye Mode in all three games is uh, a targeting system. It's basically bullet time. Time slows down around you, and you get to aim one shot or multiple shots in your enemies and then time comes back and basically you're like quick draw McGee boom 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 which is a lot of fun to do in all the games a lot of fun to do you know and pretty much all three games have various weapons you know there's handguns and rifles and shotguns and throwing knives and molotovs and and so on and so forth but the main part I guess where the games differ is Red Dead Redemption 1 and 2 are open world games. They're notorious for being some of the most beautiful and detailed and open open world games out there. I mean, I'm not going to refute that. I think Red Dead Redemption 2 is art. A video game is art. But here, back in Red Dead Revolver, that wasn't the case. It, it was not open world game. It was It was actually quite linear. There was one town called Brimstone that players could explore between the levels but there were levels otherwise that were pretty straightforward linear levels they ended with a boss fight and the boss was typically someone that was you know that had a bounty on their head which kind of brings us to the plot red dead revolver was set in the 1880s so this is this is still the american frontier time and it ba basically follows the story of red harlow and his quest for revenge after his parents were murdered and along the way, he meets all sorts of interesting people, a sharpshooter named Jack Swift, a rancher named Annie Stokes, a Native American called Shadow Wolf, and an African-American U.S. soldier who only is named in the name Buffalo Soldier. Now, you may be asking yourself, why all the colorful characters? 
wildcolor characters, Dave? Thank you, Rob. Great, great question. Frankly, because this is a spaghetti western action team game, it stayed a spaghetti western action team, which is honestly what I like the most about it. It's, it's, it's over the top. I mean, you literally like a cart rolls up at one point, and like midget clown. I don't even know if that's the proper word, but literally like clowns, tiny clowns roll out of this thing. And that's the gang that you have to kill at this one part. Everything is just over the top. And the cutscenes, the cutscenes, they added that grain and those li- lines on the screen, like the film effect. You know what I mean? Like when they, like an actual spaghetti Western. And so this whole game plays like like an actual, you know, B movie type of spaghetti western it starts out with that attitude and it takes that attitude through the entire game and that's perhaps one of the most interesting things about it red dead redemption one and two the much better known games in the series are are very realistic they're great stories but they they're not they're not over the top i mean don't get me wrong there's some ludicrous characters in there for comedic effect but in general the game is they're just realistic i mean red dead redemption 2 is stupid realistic i i we could spend a a week worth of episodes talking about all the details in red dead redemption 2 but this red dead revolver game is just goofy i guess is a good way to put it i mean it's a heavy story but it it just does it it does it in a really goofy way and it's a lot of it's just it's a lot of fun i don't know any way to put it it's a lot of fun and part of the fun for me is is the um is is the fact that it doesn't take itself seriously it's i don't know it doesn't take itself seriously it's just a lot of fun but honestly there's not much to the game i mean it it it, you know it had a it had levels and it had a multiplayer mode i don't remember the multiplayer mode to be honest with you i don't think i ever played the multiplayer mode it's had one game mode which was free for all battles where you're supposed to be the last man standing and they would pretty much use the maps and character models from the single player campaign you know there's only so much you can do with that but i you know what i do remember is all the playable characters had their own weapons so you know the main character had revolvers and the native american had a bow and arrow so there was a lot of you know unique um there was a lot of unique weapons in the game and you also didn't just play as the main character. You kind of bounce back and forth through some of these more interesting characters throughout the game um, to tell a story. So now, despite, despite happening in the 1880s and kind of being in the frontier, there's some debate over how this game ties into the Red Dead Redemption series a lot of the characters in Red Dead Revolver are mentioned in the first Red Dead Redemption through like lore, but there's no direct correlation between the two. And even Dan Hauser himself has kind of alluded to the fact that he believes it to be a different universe. But I, I don't know. I don't buy it. I don't think it's that simple to be honest with you. So that's it. You go and fight these levels and then you quick draw with a, a, a boss you know that has a bounty on their head and collect the bounty and move on to the story and move on to the next level spoiler alert red gets his revenge in the end nice good for him 
<laughs> oh man. And he wins a bunch of gold, right? He wins a bunch of gold in the process because there's some yearly quick draw competition he has to go through and he wins the gold and then he gives it away to the others and he kind of walks away at the end going, it was never about the money. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's good, man. I <sighs> Okay, so Red, Red, honest to God, looks like Clint Eastwood. Like he's always squinting. You know Clint Eastwood's signature look with as a cowboy where he's got the half squinty face thing going? Yeah. That's how they designed the main character. So you always have this like Clint Eastwood type guy going around, you know, shooting up everything. And like I said, man, you just meet a lot of good characters. I think it is a good representation of a spaghetti Western. I genuinely do. It's hard to view it in the same light as the rest of the Red Dead games because it is very different from it. Now, I feel like what they did is they took this game, which obviously they didn't start right. It was started at Capcom as the Spaghetti Western action team. I will never get over that. <laughs> what do you think a Spaghetti Western action team did, Rob? I, I, I honestly don't have an answer for that. Do you think they were actually designing it as a seven-person Spaghetti Western action team? Can't, wait, wait, wait a moment. Wait a moment. So let's imagine SWAT, right? And the SWAT games... For instance, uh, a hostage situation like some terrorist hijack a, a, a charity ball and they take a bunch of, of people hostage. Uh, you know what? We, we don't have to go that far. There's hostage situations in Rainbow Six Siege, aren't there? Yep. So imagine one of the hostage situations in Rainbow Six and all of a sudden seven fucking cowboys roll into the <laughs> roll into the room instead of your tactical, tactically clad uh, soldiers. That would be hilarious, frankly. Yeah, it would. That that would be pretty good, actually. <laughs> they should make they should make spaghetti western skins for Siege, and we should have a spaghetti western week. Is what we should have. I will tell you some other things. I I did enjoy playing this, but I don't think it aged. It doesn't age as well because the graphics are dated. Um, did you play any of the other early Rockstar games, like Bully, for instance? Mm, can't say i i mean bully sounds familiar but i'm not 100 percent certain let me ask you this you played grand theft auto 3 and san andreas though correct absolutely how do you feel that the graphics on those aged um i mean they're they're definitely a little rough but i mean they're still playable i think san andreas is is better i think grand, oh, theft, auto, grand theft auto 3 though this is this is from that time, same similar time period where I just think, you know, you've got those kind of blocky, you know, character polygons and and everything is just not crisp. I mean, part of that probably is because they picked this Capcom game and they had to finish it, but um they saved a lot with the attitude. Honestly, the draw to this game is the attitude. Not only is it is it is it kind of goofy and funny and doesn't take itself seriously, it's it's great music. I mean, it's it's straight spaghetti western music, which is a lot of fun too. So, and who doesn't like to be a gunslinger and and quick draw and and shoot? Uh, I don't know. I forgot how much it was. I'm a I'm gonna go with six shooter because we know a six shooter. 
you can shoot six things at one time, basically. <laughs> I don't know. Thankfully, though, it gave us the foundation for the Red Dead Redemption series, which are some of the most critically acclaimed games in the last... I don't remember when the first one... I don't remember when the first one came out. But the second one is like the one of the best-selling video games of all time. Like number seven or number eight. It's ridiculous how many how many copies Red Dead Redemption 2 sold. I bought Red Dead Redemption on the day it came out, and I still haven't finished the game, which is I'm a little ashamed to admit. Every time I pick up the game, there's just something about it that I get lost in... I, I just get lost, honestly. Like, I pick up the game, and then I'm like, oh, I gotta go hunt this, and then I just start hunting for hours, and then looking at things. It's like, it's the type of game that it's really easy to just get lost in, and and then I never actually get any, anything accomplished, and I put it down, and I pick it up, you know, a month later and do the same thing. So one day, I will finish Red Dead Redemption 2. I have played the heck out of the first one. I don't think there's anything I haven't finished in the first one, though. Well, I just talked way too much about about how I feel about Red Dead Revolver. You feel like you want to play it at all? Uh, it definitely does sound like something I would give a try, yes. It, it's fun. I honestly think you'd like it. It's not a big investment, and it's kind of goofy and neat. This is about the time, though, that y'all get tired of listening to me, and we start listening to you, both in the form of critic reviews and user reviews. Rob, how's that RuneScape going? Um... It, it was going. <laughs> but you knew your time was coming, right? Uh, that I did. <laughs> well, look, I've, I, as usual, I pulled together some reviews. Uh, what was fun about reviews this time is 2004. While it's 17 years ago, the internet was a thing in 2004. And so it was easy to find reviews from the actual time period. And so pretty much everything that we're going to take a look at today was from 2004. And I really I, I really like that because it's really fascinating to see what people thought about it at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So why don't you take the first review I pulled here from Game Informer magazine back in 2004. Game Informer says that drawing inspiration from Sergio Leone's classic spaghetti westerns and Clint Eastwood's hard-boiled, serape-clad performances... Red Dead Revolver stands tall with a conceptual basis that the video game industry has not vested a lot of interest in, yet many have yearned for. There are few things sweeter in this world than getting the opportunity to step into the boots of the Pale Rider and the quickest gun in the West. This is essentially what Red Dead Revolver offers. Do you like Westerns? Yes. As movies? I have watched a few, uh, not a whole lot of them, obviously one of them Wild Wild West, but it's not that I dislike them i just haven't really sat down to watch many of them so i don't really have an answer to that you know all right well what else did game informer have to say they go on to say that all of the staples that we've come to recognize from films of this ilk even the horse operas are included in some fashion you'll ride horseback and leap onto a runaway train exchange fisticuffs in a bar brawl and stare death in the eye in a high noon showdown thematically developer rockstar san diego has hit the nail right on the head you really do feel like the toughest cowboy to ever step foot in the West. Grainy graphical filters and era-specific camera effects are also used to make the cutscenes feel like the films that this game pays tribute to. Continuing a streak of wowing gamers with brilliant soundtracks that perfectly accompany the atmosphere of the game, Rockstar has decked this game out with an incredible selection of songs reminiscent of Spaghetti Western Master 
Ennio Morricone. Go ahead and wrap it up. As you would expect, the majority of gameplay is dedicated to running around and blowing vermin to kingdom come. The execution of this is commendable and is very much in line with the max pains of the world. Although just split screen, multiplayer is surprisingly addictive and loaded to the hilt with extras that players can unlock through the game with cash earned along the way. I really enjoyed the time I spent with this title, yet walked away wishing that it had a little bit more meat on its bones. If you find satisfaction in mindless action games in the tradition of Max Payne, you'll surely get your fill with Red Dead Revolver. Yeah, that kind of makes sense, to be honest with you. I was a huge Max Payne fan. I loved those games. I got all of them when they came out, even a third one, which was not as good, but I still love the whole series. And I do think this is an action game like them. You know, that's a good point because the 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 dead eye. Dead eye is really reminiscent of of Max Payne. Well, and we still use it to this day. So. But yeah, a lot of the things that I was saying, Game Informer said the same thing. You know, you 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 do a bunch of you do a bunch of Wild Wild West things and it's got those grainy graphical filters and it's got a really good spaghetti Western soundtrack. and. Yeah, you run around and you shoot stuff. You shoot bad guys. You shoot bad guys who, in very stereotypical way, are standing on a balcony with a rifle and you shoot them in the face and then they fall through the, you know, the, you know how in the Westerns they fall forward and the balcony breaks and everyone comes crashing down to the ground? Yeah. Yeah, it's like that over and over again. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, that was what Game Informer had to say. We had a chance to touch on that. What did IGN have to say? All right. So IGN has to say that as far as Westerns go, Red Dead Revolver offers style, color, depth, and humor. It's a unique take that fulfills one needs to become a dirty Western cowboy badass, a Clint Eastwood-like bounty hunter with a grudge against corruption, greed, and power. It's also far from a perfect game, delivering awkward mechanics, rough visuals, and some very unpolished moments. But it's certainly worth your while. It's become monumentally clear that Rockstar Games has a fascination with infusing popular culture into the video game spectrum. What's more, the company is dedicated to delivering each of its games with its own particular sense of style. Red Dead Revolver is no exception on either front. It's unclear how much of the game was styled out before Capcom handed it to Rockstar, but the final product beams with a keen eye and a slick delivery. I... I want to pause on that for a moment because the beginning of that paragraph is something I want to talk about since we do play a lot of Rockstar games nowadays where they say that Rockstar Games has a fascination with infusing popular culture into the video game spectrum. How how do you feel about that? Uh, You know, yeah, I can definitely see that. I mean, we've gone way past Red Dead Revolver, right? Your, Your familiarity with Rockstar is... Grand Theft Auto. I mean, we we play Grand Theft Auto online, and you know, uh, it's pretty easy to see it in, in those in that series, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You know, and and it's funny to me because I think that as the video game industry has progressed, the the opposite has happened, and that the video game spectrum has become popular culture. And now we're the ones interjecting us into it because, I mean, let's be honest, the Grand Thefts and the Red Dead Redemptions of the world are 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 pop culture phenomenons when they come out type deal. So, um, yeah, I think that's a really fascinating statement. Uh, what uh, what did IGN? What else did IGN have to say? 
They continued on to say that Red Dead Revolver is one of those games I like more in theory and principle than I do in reality. I have desperately wanted to play a good Western shooter for years now, and Red Dead Revolver almost fits that bill. It's got some great ideas that seem to have had problems being fleshed out to their maximum potential. Yeah, I I kind of agree. I think that Red Dead was... Let's just put it this way. Red Dead Revolver was a fun game, but it wasn't a perfect game. It had a lot of opportunity. But what it did do, I think, was give Rockstar Games a taste of the Wild Wild West and help them lay the foundation for what, in all honesty, are some of the best games out there in the Red Dead Redemption series. So those were critic reviews. What about users, Rob? What did, what did, what do our users, what do the players, and these are also reviews from 2004, these, these reviews have not been tainted by 17 years of video game culture. This is literally how people felt about it when it came out 17 years ago. What did the people have to say back then? Rob Zero on Metacritic says that if you grew up watching Westerns, you will absolutely love this game. It's like smushing every spaghetti Western you've ever seen together and then being able to play it. The sheer atmosphere and music alone will go a long way to forgiving a few of the gameplay elements that could have been tightened up. If the Western theme doesn't do it for you, I might not recommend this game for you. But if you are a Western fan, buy Arenthus at least and prepare to be transported into the Spaghetti West. I agree. I think if you're a fan of Westerns, uh, you'll be very forgiving of a lot of stuff. I'll be honest with you. I'm not an overly big fan of Westerns. I just I, I am a fan of sp- the Spaghetti Western type atmosphere, though. I think I think that that. That's just a cool aesthetic, and I like the aesthetic. So, all right, what else we got in user reviews? User Dr. Lowdown on Metacritic says that rescued from cancellation by Rockstar Games, Red Dead Revolver's strained development is all too obvious in this game's lack of polish, both in terms of visuals and gameplay. Despite this, there are enough interesting ideas in this third-person shooter to ensure it never becomes a chore to play, and if nothing else, it provided the template for the fantastic follow-up Red Dead Redemption. All right. I, I grabbed one more user review. What's the last user review I have to say? Uter? That would be Uter. So user Uter on Metacritic says that this is a classic example of huge potential, but disappointing execution. The gameplay is too disjointed and a little sloppy. The highlights include an awesome soundtrack, a perfect beginning story, the outlaw Josie Wales, and a nice Western theme everywhere. It's really a shame that more effort wasn't put into the gameplay. I'm going to be looking out for a sequel, which will hopefully fix the problems. Uh, spoiler alert, I think the sequel definitely fixed the probs. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so I guess, you know, at the time, people were lukewarm about this, too. Uh, you know, it, it, it was rescued from Capcom Development Hell, and... As a result, it it probably wasn't as polished as it could be. And I agree. I don't think that it was it was the the greatest thing ever. But I'm I'm really forgiving of stuff like that. Personally, Uh, a good story will do that. And I do feel this had a good story. Um, Yeah. That's that's I think that's about it. And that's really all I have to say about Red Dead Revolver. I think it's worth a play. It's not a big investment. It's goofy and it's fun. How about you, Rob? You got anything to add? Uh, nope, not nothing for me. All right. I, I, on, on a, I was thinking about, because we're looking at the early Red Dead Revolver series, so we're moving on to the gaming question of the week. And 
the Red Dead Revolver series are critically acclaimed, you know. But what I'm kind of curious is, do you have an opinion on what you would consider the most overrated video game of all time? Oh, man. Isn't that a tough one? I mean, I feel like the problem with that is that I haven't played a lot of games to be able to say, like, I didn't jump on the Genshin Impact wave or the Valorant or... Yeah, but there's got to be there's got to be a game. And we we kind of have touched on the same question other ways when we've talked about, like, what's a game that everybody loves that you hate? So, like, for me, when I think of overrated video game, I still can't stand PUBG. I don't get the allure. I don't think it's the greatest game ever. I, I just I it it doesn't it doesn't do it for me. I think it's incredibly overrated that that's it. I mean, it's just that's it for me. I think it's PUBG. So. I, as I've said before, I don't really enjoy Fortnite, although I can see the appeal to it. So I can't say that it's the most overrated game. Just, it's just not for me. You know, I, that's the problem with this is that I can see a lot of points to a game and I can't think of like why one would be overrated. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. I I just, I I don't know. I'm trying to think of one. I guess I don't really understand like soccer games. Like that doesn't seem as fun to me. So those would be overrated to me, I guess, but Again, for someone who's into that kind of stuff, it's it's fun. But yeah. I would say, like for me, it's, it's FIFA personally. And that's nothing against people who like FIFA. If you like FIFA, more power to you. Yeah, I just I I don't know. PUBG just doesn't it doesn't feel polished to me. It doesn't it doesn't do anything with progression. It doesn't. I don't know. Does PUBG have progression? I just haven't put enough time in it to know. Like, do you do you get better guns or skills? Or I don't think it has anything like that. Does it? No, it's literally just as you find stuff. Yeah, I mean, even even the Call of Duties have a, a progression of some sorts in them. But I just I I don't I don't know what it is. And I know part of it is I struggle with battle royales. They're just not fun to me. And I know. That gives me a little bit of a negative bias towards the game, but I don't, I don't know the draw of it other than it invented the genre. Like it just, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything, but put you in a big map with a ton of people. But I guess that's a battle royale. So, and I think we've covered it. Didn't invent the genre, didn't we? It just popularized it. I think we talked about that way early in like one of our first few episodes. So, yeah. Speaking of early on in our episodes, if you're curious about going back to the beginning, there's a place you could do that. Right, Rob? That there is, Dave. What is that place, Rob? Well, Dave, since you've asked twice now, that would be www.memorycardlane.com. There, you can find show notes, links to the stuff that we talk about, calendars that show previous episodes, as well as some upcoming ones that we have, You can find all of our previous recordings. You can find a blurb about Dave and maybe someday a blurb about me. And you can also find interesting information about our Patreon. Dave, what's that all about? Yeah, so uh, you can join our Patreon for only $2 a month and support our podcast. If you like what you hear, we always appreciate the support. You can do that by visiting our website. There's a link to our Patreon on www.memorycardlane.com. Or you can go directly to our Patreon at patreon.com slash trip down memory card lane. Also on our website, you'll find plugs, plugs. This is a plug. 
you'll find links to our social media personas. I am on Twitter as David underscore is underscore wrong. And Rob, uh, what are you doing on social media these days? I can be found on twitch.tv forward slash F-A-T-B-O-I-R-I-P-Z. Nice. Very, very nice. Well, I think that'll about do it for today. I, that, that, I'm, I, yeah, I like Red Dead Revolver. I think you should play it. If you guys have never played it, you should play it. It's worth it just to experience the first game in the Red Dead series and see where some of the inspiration came from. So that's my take. Rob, what would you like to add to to our episode for today? As always, I just want to take a moment to say thank you to everyone. Uh, We're going to be here each week until we're tired of doing it, whether or not you're listening. But it's always great to know that you are. So let us know and hope you continue to enjoy. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, guys, next week we're going to be heading back to the Super Mario franchise and taking a look at one of the more unique games in the series. This Mario game holds a lot of distinctions within the whole Mario franchise. For instance, it was the last Mario game developed for the Super Nintendo. It's also the first game in the Mario franchise to have gameplay with an isometric 3D environment, which is pretty common to them nowadays. And most importantly, though, it's the first RPG in the Mario franchise. Nowadays, we have the Mario and Luigi's and the Paper Mario games that we all love. But way back in 1996, we had Super Mario RPG. Super Mario RPG was a role-playing game developed by Square of modern-day Square Enix fame and published by Nintendo. And I gotta say, I played a lot of it back in the 90s, and it's... It's a very nostalgic game for me. I'm looking forward to getting to play it again in preparation, and I'm looking forward to getting to talk about it. So, yeah, it was a very different Mario game. It was very different from any Mario game published up until this point, and we're basically going to be taking a look at everything that made it unique on next week's episode. So I hope that you'll tune in in a week and you'll join us for a turn-based isometric 3D trip down memory card lane do the thing do do wa pa pa pu wa pa u wa